Welcome to the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell, and today uh, our guest um, has uh, been with us before. Uh, it was uh, just as he was coming to the Sykeston School District, and he's completed his first year as Sykeston Superintendent. So we're going to talk about his first year, uh, which has been a doozy, <laughs> and then we're going to talk about uh, what to expect in the next uh, next school year. So, Dr. Tony Robinson, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, as always, full disclosure, I am on the school board, so I like to make sure people know that before I uh, talk to you. But let's talk about that first year. You, you, it's been a year. Um, how, how's it been? You, you know what? I'll start off pre-COVID-19, uh, before we had that. I would say I mean, it, it, before that hit, I mean, we had a, a great year. Uh, we, I mean, I felt I was having a great year. Um, getting to know staff, building relationships, um, the partnerships we developed uh, this school year for our students, um, you know, and the things we were able to accomplish as a, as a district, um, and implementing some new practices and procedures. Um, I believe I felt, I mean, I believe we had a great school year. We got a lot done within that time frame, um, as well as through uh, COVID and extremely proud of our staff, our teachers, and how we um, how we function last school year. You know, I was talking to someone earlier, and uh, we were talking about planning and, you know, things that you do, but then sometimes things happen, and it doesn't matter how much you plan, you may not be ready for whatever comes your way, uh, because it's just out of the realm of your thought process. You never thought that that kind of thing would happen, certainly. Uh, as uh, schools were preparing for the year and going through the year, no one expected to see what we saw around March when kids went home for spring break and then never came back to school. How do you, as I mean, new leader in, 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 in the community, in the school, like how do you deal with that as a, as a leader when, when something like that takes place? Um. For me, the key in dealing with this and responding to this was relying on uh, my team, you know, my central office staff, from my assistant superintendents, and um, my staff were great. Uh, relying on them and their expertise, and just building um, relationships and coalitions with other superintendents um, that brought this brought us closer together. Um, and then reaching out to um, other experts, uh, the health department, um, Missouri Delta, um, and looking at you know studying CDC guidelines. Those things, those those things helped us respond and try to do the best we could um, during the pandemic. Um, so it's when something happens, you didn't plan for it. It's unexpected. You rely on the strength of the people you have and you seek expertise to help you deal with that event or that situation you, you were dealing with. And that's what we did. And it's interesting, too, as that all was unfolding and everything was coming about and, you know, everyone was having to make decisions from from the state, DESE, 
what was going to be allowed, what schools could do, um, things that we didn't have to do now because of it. Um, I mean, this, that information was constantly changing, and you and your staff had to keep up with that and at the same time turn right around to your teachers and principals to try to help them figure out, hey, how do we complete the rest of the year and how do we you know, make sure the kids get done what they need to get done in order to, to pass, essentially. Um, you know, that was uh, I mean, just an incredible task that uh, not just Sykes and schools, but all schools within the state that had to deal with. Yeah, we really had to be flexible, and <laughs> we really had to uh, be adaptable, which I think is something schools, school leaders, and teachers already have that skill set in them. But this just required so much more because you're doing it on top of, you know, how can we continue learning? How do we, you know, making sure we're trying to stay connected to kids and communicate and then um, saying hello to them as the time um, that we were out of school extended until we started up our virtual plans, our virtual education plans. Um, so it's really providing as much information as possible and trying to stay connected, you know, digitally and virtually to your staff and your community and giving them as much information as possible that you know at the time. Um, and that's what we tried to do. Um, but you're right, it was frequently changing, and we were responding as best we could with the information that we were able to gather at the time. Did you find it difficult because I, I, and I ask this question because I know just for me personally, I've really had a difficult time trying to keep up with things because of all of the different information that is out there, you know, from the health department, from the state, and then, you know, other experts and, and things of that nature. Is it difficult to try to make some of those decisions because of all the information that is out there and floating around? And then you have the misinformation that the general public is also being fed, which also feeds in their perception of how things are going. Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is difficult. Uh, I think that's the you know, the greatest task that we have is sifting through all the information and doing um, and making the best decisions we can. So in those instances, we, you know, I and my team, and we rely on, obviously, we rely on the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, DESE. We rely on um, the MASA, Missouri Association of um, School Superintendents, and just, you know, we rely on those groups and colleagues to help us you know decipher this information so that we can make the best decision possible so it, it is difficult but we do have organizations that help go through some of that information and they give us guidance and recommendations and suggestions that's been helpful you know relying on colleagues and those organizations one of the things that I've been trying to tell people is don't listen to rumors. <laughs> don't, don't, you know, take everything that you read on Facebook at, you know, for the truth. Um, and if there's a question to call, you know, because there is so much information out there. And then you have people giving their opinions, which people feel sometimes is not just an opinion, it's a fact. Um, and it makes it tough for you and the administrators and our teachers who are trying to inform uh, the public and the parents, uh, but there's all that inf misinformation up there that, that counteracts what you're trying to do, and it's got to be frustrating. Yeah, it, it can. I mean, it can be frustrating, but I think you're right, is just trying to get people 
if you have questions or there's something you're concerned or upset about that you heard, contact us. Like you said, we like we like to go to the source, and we ask people to go to the source and not just have a conversation and think that that's the truth and what's actually happening. Um, we try to um, address misinformation as best we can, but we still know that we can't address it all. And when there's opportunities for us to connect with um, a community member, a parent, or a family or a guardian to correct information, that's what we do. So um, it's a constant that you're trying to address the misinformation. Um, so we try to do the best we can. We send out as much information as possible to address those things. And I think one of the things that's great now compared to when we were younger um, was the way that you have in order to get that information out. And, and social media, which plays unfortunately a part into that misinformation, but also is a great place for you all to get information out. And I always encourage people, listen, if you want to stay on top of things, follow them on Facebook or Twitter or any, any of the other things that we're doing social media-wise because there's all kinds of information on there. Absolutely. I think our communications director, um, Ms. Thompson, Sarah Thompson, does a great job of putting out information on social media, on, the, on all those different platforms, and then as well as us sending email and text messaging, text messages to parents with information that we have. Um, that It is extremely helpful, and then you're right, you have that opposite side where it can be require you to put more information out and more effort and we're committed to making sure our parents know exactly what we're doing. And if they don't like what they do, what we're doing, to, you know, communicate with us, or we can reach out to them so we can have some conversations. We want them to feel confident. We want them to have um, some assurance that we're doing the best thing we can to make our building safer and keeping our students and staff safe. I think. I think too is. Um probably i would guess somewhat frustrating is the fact that you and and it's not just school i mean i think in, in life in general you just can't please everyone <laughs> you know you you try to make the best decisions or or do what you think is best and um you think it's going to be perfect but then there's always going to be that you know percentage of people out there that just aren't going to like what you're doing and i think the thing that i tell people is listen just know that the superintendent and the administration and others, they have the best interest of the kids at heart. I mean, they and the staff and making sure that everyone is safe. And so you may not like it, but just know that there are hearts in the right place and trying to make the best decision possible with what they have to work with. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, uh, we, when we make these decisions, I mean, we're not making them. I'm not making them for me. I'm making these decisions for other people. We're in these positions as educators and teachers because we um, have a heart to serve and we care about people. Um, so we want to do the best job we can for the people we serve. Um, and I think that's a, that's a great point. Um, sometimes we make decisions that people don't like. We try the best that we can to communicate the why. It's something we talk about, making sure that we communicate the why to the best of our ability so people understand some of the decisions we make. Um, they may not like them or agree with them sometimes, but at least they'll understand where we're coming from and what perspective uh, we have on the situation. 
it's funny because my dad, his the question that he would hate to hear out of my mouth the most was why. You know, he uh, he would tell me to do something, and I would say why. Um, <laughs> but it's because you know you want to understand why you're doing what you're doing, and so uh, answering the why question is is really important. So we're talking with Doctor Tony Robinson today. He is the superintendent of Sykes and Public Schools. He just uh, finished his first year, going into his second year. So uh, technically, you're a sophomore now <laughs> with us here at uh, at Sykeston. Let, let's we're talk about the new school year and uh obviously covid once again is going to dominate the conversation with that but let's talk about something really good that happened and that is the passing of the bond issue which is going to allow us to build a new elementary school and replace c building um in sykeston and then that was just really an exciting thing to take place especially after the fact that we had to postpone the election yeah i mean we are so fortunate and um and excited. We're fortunate and thankful for our community um, for passing the bond issue and seeing the importance of us um, updating our facilities and providing the best learning spaces possible for our students and staff and families and our community. Um, and we are excited um, about these new buildings that we're building and the process that we're going through and just trying to keep the public informed and updated about where we are in each step of that phase. Um, We've been having design meetings and bringing staff in to have them give some input um, on some things. So um, it's been going. It's, it's been really exciting to be working on this, and, it, and I think it's just amazing that we passed this bond issue during such a time. And like I said, just grateful to the community for that. And when you think about everything that was going on and taking place, and the fact that it still passed, um, what was I don't, I don't want to use the word miracle, but I mean, it was, you know, it was just amazing to me that the citizens of Sykeston still recognized, hey, we know we're going through this and we know that things are, you know, not very stable, but we got to make our community stable with great education. And that part of that is having great facilities to educate the kids in. A- absolutely. And I, I just view it being so beneficial for us as a school district and recruiting, retention, recruiting of new staff and retention of new staff um, and with families coming into our community that they see these great spaces that their kids are going to be in. So um, it's exciting. And we know businesses look at school districts and um, facilities as well, and we want the best businesses and opportunities for our entire city and community. Absolutely, and uh, we just can't wait for those. They can't build those buildings fast enough, but Lee Hunter essentially is moving into um, the Matthews building, which is currently empty because they went to wing, Um, and while they are in there, they will demo um, Lee Hunter and then build the new elementary school in the same exact spot. Yeah, so um, we've got Matthews up and running and done some some repairs and just getting some things done, and... uh, all staff, administration, and everybody have been moved out of Lee Hunter um, and moved to Matthews, where um, they're all set to go, and they're going to have a great year there um, as we go through this construction process. And then we're going to the work of removing all the items um, in Lee Hunter right now, just so that we can start that demolition process. Now, the neat thing about C-Building is that they can actually, they're going to start building that building without having to worry about tearing down the other one or moving any students because that's just going to be a brand new building 
in real, in, in, in essentially in the same location yeah. at, at the high school. Yeah, that's, yeah, we're fortunate to have the space that we do on the high school campus so that that construction can start and just tie right into that, that campus while we still have C building currently and students going to that. So that's going to, that's exciting too. We just finished up some designs of, of that initial drawings of that and man, it looks amazing and, and I believe our students and parents and staff I'll be so excited to go into that facility when it's finished. Well, absolutely. Good stuff is coming. We can't wait for it. Now, let's go ahead and start talking about the new school year. Obviously, um, you know, the thing that's dominating the conversation is COVID and safety and things of that nature. Talk about the new school year and what it's going to look like, at least we know, for the first semester of the year. Yeah. Uh, first of all, we're excited to have our kids and our staff back. Uh, we believe come to school is essential and it's important for kids to stay connected with their staff, with their teachers and with their friends. Um, so we are excited to be opening school. So I was, like you said, COVID has impacted so much of that. Um, so we have, we're going to be providing masks for our staff and students who don't have them. Uh, parents, obviously you can equip your students with their own mask, with the mask that you purchase, but we'll have them for times where we can't socially distance. Um, so we'll have those. We'll have desk shields in all our elementary schools um, for students as well so they can remove their mask at different times um, uh, so they can be comfortable. Uh, we'll have some in our upper grade levels as well where, you know, the classrooms are tighter. Um, but we're taking all of those precautions. We completed our opening school plan that we've posted and shared with our community that outlined some things we are doing. Each building has their own plan specific because each of our buildings they do things and they have different challenges they have to go through so i mean school is going to be the same except for these protections we put in place to mitigate the spread of COVID. so kids are going to have recess they're going to be eating lunch they're going to be doing all those things now lunch and breakfast may be different because they'll be in the classroom um, until we get through this Um, but it's going to be you know learning as usual um, all classes are happening from, you know, recess to music to orchestra and band. They may look differently. Kids may be more spread out than before. But uh, we believe it's important to get back to the work of educating students um, and letting them experience this in the spaces that they've grown accustomed to and are excited about. I mean, flexibility has to take place not just with the teachers and administrators, but also with the parents and the kids to say, listen, hopefully this is a short-term thing that we have to do so that, you know, uh, normal gets comes back you know sooner than later. Absolutely. Um, and I think some of the things that we'll say, because we're doing all we can to keep our students and staff safer by putting in procedures for cleaning um, our facilities on a consistent basis and our buses on a consistent basis and our Opening school plan, you see um, our disinfecting plan and keeping our, you know, keeping our buildings clean and safe um, for safe for our students and staff. Um, and you're right, we may get a new directive or we may learn something more and have to make an adjustment. And I believe we are prepared for that um, so that we can make those adjustments and keep moving and keep educating our students and try to have some sense of normality for for the kids, you know, who have had anything but normal since March. Uh, absolutely. So that they can come back, they can go through 
they're sitting in their classroom with their teacher and their, their friends and their classmates. And like you said, and bring a sense of normality to not only our students, but to our families as well, to those parents um, and us providing that um, great education for them as they come into our buildings. Well, I tell you what I can't wait for, and that's football in a couple of weeks. I've not looked, I've never looked this much forward uh, to um, football, uh, high school football like I have this year. Just, I mean, you want to talk about getting back to normal. That is something that we could all feel like, hey, and this is what it's, you know, this is normal for us now, you know, getting back to football and the school and, and, you know, all of that stuff that comes with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you know, our, our students are excited about being able to attend games and our, our athletes are excited to be able to participate and compete. And our athletic director and our high school will be putting out um, some information on uh, the plans for how we're going to conduct um, attendance at athletic facilities. Um, and we're excited about the plans we have to keep people safer, to make sure things are good, and people can go to a game, they can go to um, a function, an event, and um, watch our kids go out and perform, watch our kids go out and do the best thing, and continuing to bring that sense of normality, like you said, with football. And I'm the same way. I'm a football junkie, so I'm excited to see some. Well, especially when we don't know about college football right now, although I think you know we may see some, but who knows what life is going to be like in the next uh, over the next few months. Dr. Robinson, we appreciate you being on the show. And again, if people have a question, if they have a concern, they can just call the school. Absolutely. They can call their uh, the principals, their administrators of their children's building, or if they want to contact central office and speak to me, definitely they can contact us at any time. We're open. We want to answer any questions. And we're here to serve. We're here to serve our community, our families, and our students. And uh, we're doing all that we can to make sure that they have a great experience and that we're keeping them safer and as safe as possible. All right, Dr. Tony Robinson, thanks again. The superintendent of Sykes and Public Schools. Don't forget to catch this on iTunes in case you missed it. I'm Glenn Cantrell, and this is the Talk of Sykeston.